This episode is brought to you in part by The Good Book Company, publisher of Does the Bible Affirm Same-Sex Relationships? by Rebecca McLaughlin, a book that examines 10 claims about the Bible's view of sexuality. Go to thegoodbook.com slash sexualethics to receive 25% off with code CT25. This is Matt Woodley with Monday Morning Preacher from PreachingToday.com, a ministry of Christianity Today. Welcome to our second season of this podcast. I'm talking today with preacher Jeremy McKean, and Jeremy is the lead pastor of Truth Point Church in West Palm Beach, Florida, a PCA church and part of the Redeemer Church Planting Network. Jeremy, it's great to have you with us today. It's great to be with you guys. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for joining us. We are looking forward to talking to you about preaching and uh, talking to you especially about a recent sermon that you preached on from the book of Hebrews. Jeremy, we always like to start with just a little personal background and asking you about how God called you to be a preacher. Do you remember how that happened, how and when that happened for you, that you knew that uh, God had called you to be a pastor and a preacher? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's kind of interesting you just asked that because I had just shared uh, that story this past Sunday in a mm-hmm. message on being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Um, I don't think the one we're going to be talking about today, but it was uh, just a story of how God will use people to direct their lives. And so I became a Christian, born-again Christian, uh, about junior year of college. I grew up in a Christian home, but the the can never dropped hmm. uh, until junior year when I realized that Christ really did it all, and it wasn't, you know, Jeremy plus Jesus. Yeah. And um, But I was still uh, pursuing sports broadcasting, and I was um, working a paid internship with SportsCenter up in uh, Bristol, Connecticut, the yeah. main suit there. And things were going really well. I was reading my utmost for his highest, uh, July 28th. And uh, a sentence in there says something like, never confuse your dreams with God's plan for your life. Wow. It could be completely the opposite. Huh. And uh, it was at that time where they were just coming out with dream job. And I had done very well there. And, you know, a number of the guys were saying, hey, you're kind of a shoe in for the show and we'll get you kind of through some of the initial rounds. And and this was my dream job. And so that sentence really jarred me. And it was like almost for the first time I started to really ask God, OK, what what do you want like from my life? Because up until then, it was kind of like he was in the passenger seat and it was like, well, I'm glad you're along for the ride. We're going to do great things together, you and I. Um, and then he began to bring up memories that I guess I had suppressed. Hmm. Uh, memories like when I was like around eight years old, I, I woke up. Uh, ironically enough, I was sleeping during my uncle's sermon. And I woke up and wasn't verbal or anything like that, but it was so clear in my mind. I'm looking at him as an eight-year-old. That's going to be you someday. Huh. And I start remembering some of these things, and I was pretty certain the Lord was calling me to to drop this whole thing and go into ministry. So I'm struggling with this and not surrendering, and I go back my senior year, finish up my degree, uh, back to college, and uh, a couple months go by, my roommate comes in, doesn't say a word to me, gets into the top bunk, um, and I'm like, 
where have you been all day? Normally we'd like hang out. And he said, he's like, man, you're going to think this is crazy, but I've been, I've been ignoring you ever since I woke up this morning because I feel like I need to tell you something. I feel like God's really put something on my heart to tell you, but you're going to think it's crazy. Yeah. I'm just kind of nervous to tell you. And I'm like, well, just come out with it. Uh, I thought he was upset with me. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, he says, he said, uh, this is going to sound crazy, but I really feel like here's the word or whatever. He said, today's the day you need to drop broadcasting and go into full-time ministry. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness is right. I mean, I, I really, I'm out of my bunk at this point. I'm looking up at him. Yeah. You know, I'm like, there's no way that this, that just came out of your mouth. Why would you say that? And he says, I know it's crazy. If that's not from the Lord, you know, just ignore it, you know? Um, but I'm like, yeah, tears are rolling down my eyes. I'm like, no, yeah. that's from the Lord. I said, that, thank you for, for telling me that. And it was like a fog lifted huh. in my life. I don't know how to explain it. But it was like I was driving and I was, I was foggy, but I didn't realize it. And then all of a sudden the fog cleared. So I called that night. I called my parents up late that night and, um, and come to find out they were praying for 20 years that I would go into the ministry, but never told me. Wow. Yeah, that so is that was, amazing. At that point, I, I I double majored at Florida Southern and got a philosophy of religion degree as well, and then and then went to seminary, and here I am. Here you are. Yeah. That's amazing. You got a prophetic word from your roommate <laughs> on the top yes. bunk. Imagine hearing that story at a PCA church. I was going to say that. <laughs> That's like, that might happen at my church, but you know, the PCA church, there's not a lot of prophetic words being spoken over people on a regular basis, but that is, yeah. Well, I was trying to encourage, you know, my congregation that the spirit is at work today, you know, and you might yeah. not be giving these verbal authoritative words, but he is uh -huh. speaking. And if we're sensitive enough, like my friend to, to his yeah. leading, we can be used in people's lives. So uh, that's an awesome story. Thanks for sharing that. Well, we have something in common. I also wanted to go into sports broadcasting. Um, but oh, I, right I left that when I was about, you know, in, in high school. So, uh, but that was my fantasy as well. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. so you preached a sermon on Hebrews chapter two verses one through four, uh, which is a amazing text. Um, it is. and yeah, it's really beautiful. Um, and let me, let me just ask you a question first about, uh, I assume you guys are in a series on the book of Hebrews and, uh, how do you normally choose your series? Do you do that as a team, or how do you um, guys decide how you're going to outline your your series? Yeah, that's a great question. Normally, it starts with me uh, just in prayer, and we don't do series as much as we do books. Ah, so I see. We're, we'll, I'll work through a book of the Bible um, as much as possible. You know, we'll break like we're breaking uh, for Advent uh, coming up, and we'll we'll do different series and. Uh, in the summer or whatnot, but we typically will work through a book of the Bible. So I'll present it to the session, our elders, and and I'll say, hey, guys, I, I really feel like our congregation needs this, or uh, the Lord's leading me to to teach through this, and um, that that's kind of how it, how it goes. So we're in a verse-by-verse -verse, uh, trek, long journey uh, through the book of Hebrews. Um, yeah. I think I preached four or five messages on on. Uh, verses one through four of chapter two alone. Um, so, oh wow! And why Hebrews? What what was it about that, or was it just a great book and you wanted to preach it? No, yeah, that's a uh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, honestly, the biggest reason was I felt like the need of our congregation 
we just need to move in a in a I think in a more mature direction. I see, uh, especially doctrinally, and so I feel like we've got duty and devotion down quite a bit. Like we're like very engaged with the community and and really have hearts of love and it's a very compassionate church, warm church. Uh, but as far as their knowledge of the doctrine of Christ, the relationship between the New Testament and Old Testament, and some of these things, and even like the ongoing priesthood of Jesus, I thought, you know, I, I really think I need to push the congregation to uh, to grow in some of these doctrines. So, um, sure. Hey. so that was it. And what would you say is the um, uh, the exegetical big idea of that, that text to uh, Hebrews chapter 2, 1 through 4? Just right off the top of your head, I know you preached it a, a few weeks ago. Yeah, well, the, I would say the the big point in those verses, he he moves into his first exhortation, which is uh, pay attention. Mm. You know, because uh, greatness always garners attention. You know, like you would read someone's um, you know resume before the keynote speaker gets up. You know, when you realize who's addressing you, you, you perk up and pay attention. Well, all of chapter one, he's telling us how great Jesus is. Yeah. And then he gets into chapter two and he says, all right, now pay attention to this message because, you know, this isn't just some prophet or even an angel. This is the son of God himself. And so don't drift from this because uh, it can have eternal uh, or even temporal peril for you. Yeah, that's great. And I think at some point when we were talking to you about this sermon, you mentioned that uh, for some reason, you had a really hard time with this sermon, or there was some struggles putting this together. So, what what's the backstory on that? What happened? What was tough about this sermon? Wow, yeah, that's another great question. I I, I think it, preaching is not um, it's not this cookie cutter thing where every week is the same. So, I think it was really a combination of the challenges that I was facing um, schedule-wise that week, um, the types of meetings that I would, a lot of things that I was kind of carrying as a pastor. Mm. Um, also, I feel like maybe this uh, a spiritual component or a spiritual warfare component of really what I was wanting to address, which is I feel like a kind of some d- dangers in, in, a, in a movement that has kind of been sweeping some of the more millennials huh. uh, away from the faith altogether. Yeah. So I felt like I, I was coming under a little bit of oppression there as well. Um, yeah. So there was a, it was a variety of things, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about that um, issue that you were addressing, because uh, you seemed, as I was you know, reading the sermon, you seemed really burdened by something, um, disturbed even. Um, and really sort of in your pastoral role, it's like you wanted to speak very clearly into something in our culture. So uh, tell us about you know what that was and where that comes from for you and why you're so passionate about that. Yeah. I, honestly, I, I think that <clears throat> if pastors and preachers aren't disturbed hmm. and burdened by things, I would I really question whether they have a real love real genuine love for the for the sheep that they're dealing with because we're we're just we're called to protect the sheep not just feed the sheep but but protect them and so you know it's like you see all throughout the new testament you've got peter and paul and these guys yeah. are, they're they have a burden for the people that they're writing to and and I, and I just for 
whatever reason, felt this a lot more because I just, um, you know, I, I feel like they're being deceived in, in different ways um, and, and drawn away from the, the essentials of the faith and, and, and really getting off track in, in, in their walk. And I mean, it, 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 they're coming to me and they're saying, I, I feel confused. I feel torn. I feel depressed. I don't know who to trust anymore. I don't know if I can trust the Bible anymore. Everything's up for grabs. And so, you know, as I'm looking at this passage in Hebrews, I'm looking, he's like, he's, ex he's explaining to his original uh, readers how we can trust the authority and reliability of this message from Jesus and the apostles. And so I, I thought, you know, this would be a good opportunity to show what the writer's doing here and to even just kind of explain how we can know what we know to begin with, where does faith even come from, and, and address some of these things that I was hearing quite a bit from folks. Yeah, right. What would you say week by week your uh, sermon prep process? What would you say is the the most difficult, challenging part of that process for you? I you know might be different different weeks, but just basically, what's the most challenging part of the process for you? Like getting the big idea, doing the application, the illustrations, whatever. What's what's the most challenging? Yeah, I think for me is getting a good outline. Mm. You know, when I when I get a good like skeleton, you know, the, the skeletal structure of the message, I just feel like I can run. From I that see. Point. And and I and oh, you know what? Go back to your original question. I I just, I'm glad you asked this because I had forgotten. I changed the outline. That I think it was Friday uh, ah. of the week, and I normally try to get it done on Friday. And here I am scrapping everything as far as the outline goes. Yeah. And what I worked out up until that point. So I, I realized the outline didn't work the, um, what I was trying to do there. So I had to kind of rework that. So whenever I get that and I feel really confident, I'd never felt confident all week. And so that's, that's what happened. I needed to, I just needed to start from square one. Um, so whenever I get that, I feel like I can really, uh, begin to organize my thoughts and the message. Uh, it just kind of takes off on its own. Okay. Yeah. Let me read your outline for people from this sermon. So sure. Point number one, remember how your faith uh, re or remember how your faith works to begin with. Uh, point number two, examine everything according to scriptures. Point three, turn all your doubts into specific questions. Uh, point four, embrace both clarity and mystery. And point five, put God's word into practice. okay? So uh, is that a fairly is that a fairly typical outline for you or does your outline look different than that? Uh, I, I don't normally like to go with five points. That was yeah. another thing that was challenging about this message because, you know, <laughs> I think as a, a, any preacher can attest, like you give them a point, you, you can do a whole sermon series on just, you know, a point. Off, you know, yeah, a lot of times right. you have too much to say on everything. So not it's not typical. Normally I'll go with, um, you know, three or two points. I actually like to do more of the two-point um, sermons um it just because I can fit more under each, it seems like. But okay, that makes sense. Uh, let me talk about point number three, which is turn doubts into specific questions. Okay, um, and 
you seem to have a burden um, to speak to sort of the skeptical mindset, either believers or unbelievers. Uh, that seems to come through in your preaching. Um, so how do you, I mean, first of all, where does that burden come from? You know, uh, maybe in your own life, your own experience, your own calling from God. And then the second question around that is, uh, how do you do that? How do you intentionally go after skeptical people, you know, as you're preparing the sermon? Yeah, well, uh, from where it comes from, you know, I would say it comes from really my experience when I became a Christian. I was uh, the president of, of the biggest fraternity on campus and um, knew a ton of guys who just rejected Christ and Christianity altogether and, and thought it was a hoax and irrational. And so it started with a real burden of how do I reach these guys? Um, and then getting the seminary training, uh, becoming involved with Tim Keller and um, affiliated with, with the network and, and really uh, listening to him, but also some of the people who he listened to, um, Lloyd Jones, Martin Lloyd Jones, yeah. and um, and and really, I think I've always had an apologetic bent to to me, and so then when it comes in, into preaching, I'm really trying to uh, almost assume, and I think every every preacher really should assume that there's believers and non-believers in your congregation, and and to try and if you can, if you can answer the non-Christians' questions, what will often happen is they'll you begin to move towards real Christianity. But at the same time, you're feeding the sheep. Yeah. So as you're now giving them, you're you're strengthening their faith, and you're giving them tools for how to share the gospel with their non-Christian friends. So I'm I'm just trying to get at some of the objections that I that I think are out there. Um and and tackle them head on and connect it to the text. Yeah, are you trying to do that? Like every sermon, basically, are you thinking through that grid? Like, how would my every skeptical non-Christian friends think of this? Yeah, every single time. I, I mean, I I my personal philosophy is that my main job is to feed the sheep, and my main job is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Yeah. How I do that, though, I think always should have in mind the non-Christian because I never want to teach especially in a Presbyterian um, culture, I never want to teach in a way where people think that if I just have this doctrinal knowledge, I've arrived. Yeah, I want them to have a working knowledge of Scripture so that their walk with Jesus is so sweet and intimate and is spilling over into their non-Christian friends. And, and, and they're, they're thinking of a way of talking about their faith, um, thinking of it— in, in in winsome ways and and getting them equipped to oh yeah you know what my my pastor was just talking about this last week and this is what yeah. he said or you know what you you would love this he was just answering that question I want them to to know that I'm 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 trying to answer the questions that their non Christian friends are asking in the in the uh, break room yeah that's that's awesome um I really like how you do that uh, let's talk about your application because you actually didn't. You don't have like a huge chunk, and this is not a critique, by the way. It's just an observation. You know, you don't have a a huge chunk, uh, long application at the end, like uh, some kind of emotional appeal to the will or uh, volitional emotional appeal. Um, it's pretty short. It's pretty succinct. But you seem to apply 
kind of throughout the sermon. So is that mm-hmm. typically how you do it? How do you, how do you think of application in the sermon? Yeah, I, I tend to <clears throat> not wait until the very end um, because it is, even as I'm learning Hebrews, he uh, throughout the, the book, he'll give you theology and then he'll give you exhortation, hmm. theology and then exhortation. He doesn't wait until the very end to get to the exhortation. Now, you could say Paul does that in Ephesians. He, it's almost like he waits till the end. You get chapters four through six. It's, it's pretty much all, 75 commands. It's all exhortation. Uh, there's only one command in verses uh, in chapters one through three. Um, so it, it's not like you know, one size fits all. Um, but I, I, I tend to like to bring people's attention along, carry it along by giving them quickly what I feel like would be a good, you know, application point from, from what I'm talking about. And, and then maybe some, you know, sometimes it more comes as a, you know, firework finale at the end where I'm, I'm kind of bringing it all together. This message, because it was five points, I was like, there's no way I can wait till the end because it's going to sound just so, so heady. Um, so I tried to bring in an application. uh, Well, even in my point, um, even in the points, they were, they were kind of applicable. Okay, great. Well, I do have another question for you and I I saved this one for the end because, um, so I understand that when Tim Keller is on vacation in Florida, he comes to your church. Is that is that true? <laughs> I don't know where you heard that, but um, yeah, uh, yeah. He he has been known to to visit a, a few few times or more. So yeah. Uh, so what is it like? We want to know. Andrew and I have been talking about this. My assistant <laughs> here. We 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 want to know what's it like. You're preaching up there, and then you look out there and you see Tim Keller's shiny happy face out there. <laughs> what was that like the first time you saw him? You know, very surreal because, you know, it, it's someone that I've been listening to quite a bit and have learned so much from. Um, and yeah, I, I was actually, though, su- surprisingly not really put off by it I once I got up there and, and got going um, and and was very, very encouraged Um by his response afterwards, it was actually quite funny. If I can tell you, yeah, please uh, tell us. The first, so the first, the first time uh, that he visited, um, I, I, you know, I get introduced to him, and uh, you know, he he says the, right out of the gate, he goes, "I can tell you've been listening to me," <laughs> <laughs> and so, so immediately I'm thinking, "Oh my goodness, did I plagiarize? Did I like, <laughs> like, like what?" So but he put his hand on my shoulder and he goes, but you've made it all your own. Well oh, done. nice. And That's awesome. uh, so, yeah, like my heart just dropped. Like I like, couldn't breathe in the moment and because I'm like, oh, no, did I copy the whole thing? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he's been very encouraging, him and Kathy. Um, and, and Kathy's actually helped me um, with my sermons. She's agreed to listen to the ones I send her and, and, and provide some feedback as well. So they, they've been extremely gracious. I mean, I, I cannot believe – the amount of time that they've given me that is really really nice you know that is that just speaks to older preachers and uh preachers further along mentoring younger preachers and encouraging yep. them and how much people need that that's speaking into your yeah, life yeah. i just think Absolutely. that's such a great story yeah very encouraged 
So what was the uh, what's the best piece of advice you've gotten from Kathy Keller? Oh boy, I mean, where do I even start? Um, what does she say? What are so the the a theme or two that she keeps coming back to? Well, I think it's one of the things that has has really shaped their ministry, which is stay away from using Christianese terms unless mm. you're going to really define them. Yeah. And and so the whole like you know being at the feet of Jesus and uh, like using that that type of terminology that if you grew up in the church world you know what you're talking about right but someone who's never gone to church before you know, hears you say we've just got to be at the feet of Jesus they're like what have I gotten myself into right <laughs> um, so just just really even and I feel like I'm mindful of that but but even more mindful of that. Um, we, we want to be equipping the saints, but not using Christianese terms that we never define. And we just assume everyone, you know, understands what we're saying. So really trying to define your terms a lot. Yeah, that is really good advice. I, I can just think of uh, a couple other, you know, let the father wrap his arms around you, you know, and what does that mean to a non-Christian, you know? Exactly. Yep. That's really good. Really good advice. Andrew, did I miss anything? Did I get all the questions? I think so. Okay. Oh, Andrew's muted. I just wanted to make sure I got all my questions in. Well, uh, oh, let me ask. Um, by the way, we'll we'll edit this so um, so it'll sound nice and smooth. Um, I guess that's this might be. Let me just ask this. Uh, um, so I always like to ask preachers too. What would you say is the? This might be different than what Kathy Keller said, or it might be the same thing. What would you say is uh, another? kind of main growing edge of your preaching where you look at your preaching and you go, you know, some things are going really well, but this is one area that I, I feel like I still am really working on and I really need to work on it still. Can you think of anything? I can think of two things. Okay. Um, Jesus always brought in the law to lead people to the gospel. Hmm. He always used the law as an, as an X-ray to then lead people to the cure. And I think what I've noticed is I'm quick to go to the cure. Huh. I'm quick to go to the medicine and and really skip over the diagnose diagnosis. Ah, yeah. Not skip over it, but but really, um, I'm trying to get better at um, at not being afraid to to have the word convict people of sin and and come under conviction before before the comforts administered. Yeah. Uh, my personality bent is very positive and optimistic and, 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 and I have a gift of encouragement. So I tend to go there naturally quicker than I probably should. Huh. The other, the other thing is just trying to uh, ground some of the things, connect some of the things I'm teaching with some of the historic doctrines of the faith. Um, and so helping people to see, oh, what I'm talking about here is actually what theologians would call regeneration. Huh. Uh, and if you're not, you know, a, a Christian here, this is what this means. And and trying to do more of connecting to the bigger doctrinal concepts. So those are the two things I, I, I feel like I've really needed to improve on. That is great. That's excellent. Thanks so much. Well, yeah. Jeremy, thanks a lot for being with us. Thank you for your ministry of pastoring and preaching and the just really thankful for the heart that the Lord is shaping in you. And so uh, thanks a lot for being with us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Yeah. This is Matt Woodley with Monday Morning Preacher. Thanks for joining us on this episode. And we look forward to 
doing something that I'll record later. <laughs> we can let you go now, Jeremy, and I'll. You want me to do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're. Yeah, they're great. Uh, you, you can do your okay. This is Matt Woodley with Monday Morning Preacher. Thanks for joining us for this episode. Hope you can join us for future episodes. There we go.